Welcome to Yes Mother, the What We've Been Watching COVID edition. I'm Em. I'm Sue. Welcome back. Hey. Okay, so we know it's been over two years, <laughs> but we've, uh, well, what's our excuse? Well, life. So, okay, well, should we get started? Let's get going. Should we get going on the other stuff of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, so we're calling this our COVID one because, you know, it's been fun. Obviously, can't discuss everything we've been watching. So we're kind of keeping it to, like, COVID watches <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, well, okay, we can call it that. I'll pretend that I just watched them all during COVID. <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't, just pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I found that's the thing. It was like, ooh, I'll work from home and I'll just binge stuff on Netflix. Yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. I I concentrate too much work. I'll put something on and suddenly the episode's over and I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, for sure. And, you know, like my job, I'm a server and my job, my whole profession worldwide just like died in an instant. <laughs> Oh, it's so awful. It's horrible. But, uh, yeah, I got let go by my company, but they did it just so we could file for unemployment, and then they're like, we're going to hire you back, but we want you to be able to employ it. And so, I'm, you know, because of the extra money they put into it, I'm actually making more now than I did serving. Lindsey Graham, I'm Lindsey Graham's worst nightmare. <laughs> I know that's I heard that that's happening is with that extra money. Everyone's like, I'll just stay on unemployment because I'm getting that extra $600 or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, obviously we can't do this forever. But right. I think in the next few weeks they're actually going to try and start hiring some of us back. Nice. Which is great because I swear I have gained 10 pounds. This oh, really? is not good. Yes. I can't go to the gym. I was totally riding my bike to work and then working for like six, eight hours. Oh, yeah. Huh? I'm, I'm home. I actually ordered a um, a rowing machine today. Nice. <laughs> so the I'm like, I need to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's not a fancy one. But anyway, yeah, I am way too sedentary. Gotcha. But yeah, I just like, I don't know, I've got two kids in school, but they're like not the, I don't know, Eleanor's easy. She's got a 15-minute Zoom meeting, and that's all she's required to do for school. And then Scout's in high school and pretty much running her own show. I mean, it's not like, I don't know, I'm at a good point in my life with this COVID thing. <laughs> and Rob, they canceled all of his clinicals, so I haven't been around Rob this much forever. He, like, cooks dinner. This is like never happened before. <laughs> so we're having kind of a little utopia. I feel bad because it's it's been like it's been lovely. That's that's good. I I know you feel guilty because you know so many people. It's been so hard. But that's why I'm not sitting there and you know blasting it out to everybody all the time on social media. I'm just like I'm just gonna keep that to myself. It exactly. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I. But I've had a lot of time to watch stuff that I've actually been reading a lot. That's nice. That's one thing I'm kind of jealous of. 
because that is one thing that I don't like about working from home is like just having my computer, my work computer and set up here. It's anytime I have any downtime, I look at it and I'm like, I could do some, I could, I could write Aaron's reviews, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't, I try not to do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's you really hours where you stick to it and then. Stop. Yes. Yes. I try to just log on in the morning, log off at around four in the afternoon and not, not look at it again. But that's, yeah, that's the one thing I, I've, I never wanted to work from, I always wanted to keep my home, my home and my office, my office. So having my home, my office, and I, I don't like that very much, but. You wouldn't either. Yeah. But that's why I'm glad I put it down in the basement because we don't spend a lot of time down here, you know. You like get a briefcase, just can go by. It took a while to get used to me. He'd come home at like noon and be like, "You done yet?" And I'm like, "I've still got like four hours left." He's like, "I'm at work." <laughs> He's like, "You gotta come help me do this." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> Just because I'm home, he's finally gotten used to it. But yeah. Anywho, so start with feedback. Yeah, this is our way. All right. So our first feedback comes from our sister cat. And she calls it what we've been watching COVID edition. <laughs> I think that's what I called it on the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <clears throat> so, yes. So happy to get to hear my sister's podcasting again. And may I just say thank you, COVID-19, for this opportunity to justify my antisocial behavior and for providing me ample time to binge watch TV like never before. Stay in the <laughs> house, you say? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I'm very similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> Here are a few of the things I can remember watching for the past three months or so. This may not be a complete list, but it's what I can remember, and my recall basically sucks. I was, I was reminded of this fact recently during a Facebook Messenger conversation with my sisters, and I realized I never finished watching something that I really, really liked. I think I moved across the country in the middle of it and forgot to resume it. So I started it over and I'll begin with that one as I just finished it yesterday. Uh, Dublin Murders. That's be what she finished. Um, and I'm the one that told her and you to watch it. And I remember we were talking about it for like half of it and then she just stopped talking about it. And so I did too. And then I didn't know she didn't finish it. I just thought we just stopped talking about it. Yeah, I remember you guys talking about it, but it was on something that I, a channel that I didn't have access to. So I was like, hmm. It was on Stars, and I told you my access code. Well, I have it now. <laughs> I don't think I had it back then. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. So Dublin Murders. Really well done murder mysteries centering on the two detectives trying to solve the murder of a young girl. 
but both detectives have dark secrets of their own, and how that affects their investigation is super interesting. Even though those detectives' personal mysteries never got satisfactorily explained, they add a layer of suspense and intrigue. The show is superb, and the unraveling of the mystery is truly one of those that blow your mind. Ooh. Yes. Um, it is really good. And, yeah, all she says is true. I would add, it's only season one, and I fully expect a second season where we get to learn a little bit more about the two. But there is a mind blow. I think it's in that sport. It just rocked my world. Really? I just remember that just being like, what? And then trying to figure out what, what the heck was happening. It's good, and it's, it's so great. It's just one of those great procedurals that you just always have. You know, you just get excited because it's just good. It's just good all around. Okay. I'm going to put it on my short list. Blood Murders on Stars. Mm-hmm. And I I now have your login, you said? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Her next one is Border Town. I'm currently watching the third season of this on Netflix. This is an enchanting Finnish series that centers around the Serious Crimes Unit in a small town on the border of Finland and St. Petersburg, Russia. Each crime is introduced and solved in two to four episodes. I am com- completely enamored by the main character. He, like Holmes, like House, has questionable social skills, but and eidetic mind for deduction. He even has a memory play- palace, but he refers to it as something else. Memory house, I think. I love his relationship with his wife and daughter. I love this character, and it's a pretty good, good and kind of just beautiful show. That sounds like something I'd like to watch. Yeah, I've seen it come up on Netflix. It's one of those that comes up like based on other stuff I've watched. And I think I went to give it a chance once and then saw that it was like subtitled and was like, nope, can't do that right now, you know, because I was doing other stuff. But yeah, she's on the third season. It must be good. Mm-hmm. Um, the watch, you know, you, have, you do have to save the uh, subtitled shows for a specific time. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, her next one is Seven Seconds. Oh, I did watch this. I forgot about this. Um, she says, I am also currently watching this series on Netflix. I came across it looking for something new and decided to give it a shot for two reasons. It is made by the same lady that brought us The Killing, and I thought season one of that show was very fine television indeed. <laughs> so, Catherine. <laughs> And also because the queen, Regina King, is in it. <laughs> and it is so, so good. Oh, man, am I glad I came across this show. It is intense. Get this. 
a narcotics officer totally on accident hits and kills a 15-year-old black kid riding his bike through a park early in the morning. In a panic, he calls for cops on his team, and they get there and decide the best thing to do in this situation is to just drive away. No one saw, no one will care. Just another thug from the projects. What ensues is just a pure, maddening roller coaster of a pursuit for justice. Amazing television. Oh, that sounds like it would make me so mad. Yeah, it's, I watched this, I don't know, I think last year or so, and it is, it is really good. Um, Regina King is amazing, just amazing. And it's so infuriating that these cops decide the best thing to do is just drive away. Because, I mean, (laughs) they were cops. And the kid, like, it happens in the first, like, three minutes of the show. So it's really not a spoiler. The guy is just driving, and the kid just rides his bike right in front of him. You know? So it really could have been like... It totally could have been just an accident, you know? Yeah. Because it was. I mean, I I do think, if I remember right, the guy was, like, on his phone. But even if he hadn't been, I don't think he could have done anything about it. It's the accident still happened, you know? It's the whole don't hide the body. Yeah, yeah. They just, it's it's really sad. There's, there's a couple twists and turns. That, yeah, it's good. It is good. I do recommend that, too. Thanks for reminding me, Kat. That's that's a good one. Um, her next one is Afterlife Two. Oh, she must have been season two. Sorry. I've almost started this one again, but it's one I was gonna talk about. So uh she says I rewatched season one for season two dropped on Netflix in April. Brought to us by probably my favorite person that I've ever met, Ricky Gervais. Oh, that I've never met. I was like, she's random. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met Ricky Gervais. Um, A spiritually fit atheist and an animal lover and advocate. My number one answer for if you could have dinner with anyone in history question. (laughs) His laugh is like my favorite sound in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot say enough about afterlife. It is the best. Gervais plays a character named Tony. Tony has just lost lost his lovely wife from cancer. He is so destroyed by his loss that he decides this twist of fate legitimizes him to be as horrible as he wants to be with people. (laughs) Life is so worthless to him now that he sees no point in being a decent human being. And it comforts him to know that if his path is destruction through being awful becomes too much or if he gets into too much trouble because of it, he can just kill himself. Then it'll be over and he won't have to live without Lisa anymore. He'd rather die and be nowhere than to live somewhere without her. He thinks of this like it's his superpower. He feels invincible and free to be horrible because he will suffer no consequences. He will just kill himself. That's the plan. (laughs) He is so awful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but with the help of a stranger he meets at the cemetery whose husband is buried next to Lisa he starts to change his tune a little bit 
The Lady in the Cemetery is played by Penelope Wilton, who is brilliant. The show will make you laugh and cry at a ratio of about 20 to 1 per episode. It is funny, raunchy, sad, and sweet. It is all the things. <laughs> it's so true. This show, I haven't watched season two yet, but I watched season one on Catherine's recommendation. And, man, he <laughs> he is just so, so horrible to his coworkers and <laughs> everyone. <laughs> only only the way Ricky Gervais can be. <laughs> right. No, he's perfect for it. I'm sure he wrote this. <laughs> oh, <himself>. yeah. <laughs> yes, gives him an, an excuse. <laughs> but he's also, like, sweet. Like, his dad is in, like, a like nursing home or something. And, and he goes and visits his dad, like, every day. And he's just horrible to his dad. And his, his dad's pretty horrible. Maybe he's sweet to his dad, but horrible to the nurse. No, I think he likes the nurse. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched it. I don't know. You just said, sweet, he goes to visit his dad, and then you're like, and he's so mean to his dad. Oh, I think it's just sweet that he goes and does that, because if you're going to be so horrible to someone, why would you go visit him every day? Yeah. You know, I mean, I know. I wouldn't. If that person (laughs) makes me miserable, whether it was like my father or not, I don't think I'd go. <laughs> but he goes like every day. But yeah, it's it's good. It's I highly recommend it, especially if you're a Ricky Gervais fan. This is like him like it looks like he's having a lot of fun. No, I totally am and I I think I've seen pretty much everything else he's done. Just, I don't know, I think I thought of black guy in a camper and him just being depressed just I was like, I don't know if I want to put my toe in that right now. No, no, it's it's laugh out loud. I mean, it it's sad, and he is torn up, but no, it, give it a shot. It's, it's not depressing. Okay. I mean, it's really kind of sweet how much he loved his wife and how much he misses her and watches, like, these videos that she have hit for him, you know. But mm-hmm. no, it's it's good. Um, so Kat ends it with here is a list of honorable mentions high maintenance on HBO I love the show my go to when I need something funny with the exception of episode 3 the dog one it broke me and I will never be the same again (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't know what this show is (laughs) um Watchmen, HBO, very fun, and Regina King. (laughs) (laughs) Ozark, Netflix, third season won me back. (laughs) I still haven't watched Ozark. I've just kind of, I don't know. I don't, I haven't heard raving enough reviews. It's good. I've seen season one. I, I haven't, I never did watch season two, and I haven't watched season three, obviously, but Season one was good. It's just, it's pretty heavy. Yeah, it sounds like season two maybe not, may not be the best. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. 
and I I've heard that season three is is good. It it's good. Jason Bateman is great. You know, I'll give it a shot. It it's one of those that I'll get around to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, dark on Netflix. A must really complicated like tra- time travelly shows can be in German. Not a casual watch. I've heard this is good. Yeah, I started that. Uh, and I watched it casually, and I was like, "Nope, <laughs> it, it takes a lot, a lot, of but it sounds like it's worth it." I need to do it. Yeah, I've I a podcast I listened to. They talked a little bit about it and said that you have to watch it in German with the subtitles. Like, don't watch the English dubbed because it'll just take you out because the the English voiceovers are so bad. Yeah, I heard that too. I, I did watch it in German. Yeah. But it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't the subtitles. It was just really complicated. And it just kind of throws you into it. So it, it's just... That's the thing. I mean, remember back in the day when I used to get like the flu so I could just like <laughs> lay around and watch something? <laughs> I don't want that anymore. I don't want the flu. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be terrified. (laughs) I I need that amputation. (laughs) Somehow less terrifying. (laughs) Somehow getting an amputation is what's going to get you the flu right now. But I need that so I can watch shows like this and just lay on the couch and watch them. (laughs) Well, you needed your job to shut down and to go on this unemployment. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) No, no, I, I'm fortunate. I've still got a job. (laughs) I said shut down and then come back up when. Yeah, it's like, could you furlough me for like three weeks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but now it's like the garden's in. No, I I still wouldn't do it. <sighs> Anyhow, um, okay. Then she's got Dead to Me season two on Netflix, and she goes, Netflix, you better not Santa Clarita diet this one. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> Uh, I'll never get over that. I know. Did you watch the last season? Of Santa Clarita? Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have left it at a worse spot to leave it forever. I know. I know. It's very upsetting. They literally could not have. They They at least owe us what they were going to do. I just, I don't care. At this point, I just want to know the plot summary for season four. No, I want the whole thing. I want it, because I loved that show so much. Yeah, I, and I thought it was pretty popular. I'm really surprised it just got nixed the way it did. Well, I read an article. It's because they had Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore. It's just, Netflix has become so... Like, they can do anything that it's like, nah, those two cost too much, 
and we can drop this show, and we've got a thousand more in the works, and it's okay. People will be mad, but screw it. Bummer. But I agree. I better not do that to Dead to Me, because have you watched season two? No, because I want to watch season one again, and I just haven't had time yet. Oh, okay. I'm excited to see it, though. I loved that show. Season one was great. Yeah, that was going to be something like an honor to me, too. We can talk about it a little bit later. Um, she's got Killing Eve on Hulu. Pretty fun. That either. Haven't either. I um, watched it, but I need to just watch it. Yeah. She's got The Outsider on HBO. Um, Stephen Kingy fun and actually pretty good. I, Is it Stephen King? I I don't know. I I'm I don't know anything about this show. Um, she's got little fires everywhere on Hulu. Good enough. Got that in my queue. I watched it, and I'm with Cat. Good enough. Yeah, right, I'll put it on my longer list. It's, it's watch. Yeah, it's watchable, but it's not like. You gotta watch this, you know. Yeah. And Orthodox on Netflix, really, really good. I've heard that's good. No, I've been meaning, really meaning to watch that. Westworld, HBO. Sorry, season three. You lost me. You had me at season one, but I just cannot meet you in the Uncanny Valley any longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard people are disappointed in Westworld. Oh. I still haven't watched any of it. I'll, I've heard good enough things I'll probably still I give it a the, shot but I just never got to the second now I don't know um then she's got Tiger King Netflix no need to talk about this one <laughs> <laughs> I watched it too I literally just watched it like a week and a half ago because I'm like I feel like in 10 years when everyone talks about 2020 it's if you haven't seen Tiger King, if you didn't make that part of your experience, I know I I have not watched it, but like like us managers at work, we have like a Microsoft Teams chat that goes on where we kind of talk to each other and do ideas, whatever you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I swear, almost every day, the conversation somehow finds its way to. Talk talking about Tiger King and I'm like yeah. the only one that hasn't watched it <laughs> yeah so every meme for like a couple weeks pull about it and you're like I better see this and it's entertaining enough it's it's good for when you're canning or whatever it'll be know. fine I, I talked to our brother Matt about it a couple weeks ago and he could only get about two episodes in and he's like I couldn't watch it anymore because these people are so awful he's like I just couldn't watch these people anymore and I'm like I kind of have a feeling I'm going to feel the same way I, I'll give it a shot but I don't know they just... yeah, I'm kind of a person but I'll, I don't know it's, it's fine I don't know I think yeah. it's fine someone on like the Microsoft Teams thing would like throw up a like a meme and I'm like 
is this an actual like screenshot from the show? And they're like, yes. And they're like, I can't do this. You know? <laughs> like, if this is literally from the show. I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> life is someone's life and it is something. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't, I'll, I'll... It, if you ever want just that trash TV gawking at how some people live their life, like, I, I don't know, I, it was my super late night watch. <laughs> like, yeah. I would, it was the last thing I'd watch at like 1.30 in the morning for a week. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I really don't have that need to, like, gawk at people's <laughs> lives like that. I don't know. I uh, All right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, she ends up with, I can't think of any more at this moment, and I've got to get going. Can't wait to hear the podcast and hopefully some good feedback as well. Love you guys and kiss you tons. <laughs> Kiss you tons is our new family thing. <laughs> I've already texted it to Booker like three times. It was an autocorrect. <laughs> yes, it was a conversation <laughs> Catherine and Booker were having, and he meant to say miss you tons, and it ended up kiss you tons. And Catherine just came back with, ew. That was my favorite part about it. Because <laughs> if you guys remember, Catherine Booker is Catherine's son. He is now 23. Don't say that to his mom. It's kind of gross. <laughs> I was texting him the other day and ended it with, kiss you duns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well thanks cat kiss you tons yeah. too <laughs> okay my turn yep this one is from Harold he says hi to I hope that you and your families are staying safe and managing to hold on during this crazy time thank you Harold we are and help huh? We've all predicted a dollhouse, if you remember. <laughs> the, apost the apocalypse there occurred in 2020. What? Oh, my gosh. Really? Oh, my advice is to just stay away from radios and don't answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember enough. <laughs> I do remember something about radios and I being do, too. Yep. The phone switched you on somehow into a killing machine or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the hive mind, right? Yep. Yeah, that's right. That is funny. That was in 2020. <laughs> okay. Uh, I haven't watched as much TV in the past year ever since I got the Criterion channel. For anyone who is a film buff or wants to become one, I highly recommend it. They have a lot of movies of all types. Classic and obscure Hollywood, foreign and independent, 
give you a flavor. In the past week, I've watched a Jackie Chan action film, a low-budget indie, a couple of hard-to-find French new waves, and two silence. That sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) I've been wanting to get it, but I was like, maybe when Rob graduates. For sure when Rob graduates. There you go. I will treat myself to the Criterion Channel. For now, I feel like I've got enough subscriptions. Right. But yeah, it's, it's got me written all over it. I would love this channel. Um, says, I have probably seen over 150 movies so far, and all but a few of them were new to me. Oh. I'm keeping a diary of everything on Letterboxd. Uh, I need to keep my Letterboxd up. If anyone is interested, I am one of Emily's followers, so you can find me through her. I'm not as good at my letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> need to do that. Okay. Um, so other than that, if I were to mention one show that I have seen in the past couple of years to recommend, some obvious choices like Dead to Me and Russian Dolls, it would be Beat Erica, which I watched on Amazon Prime at least a year ago. It was a Canadian show from about 10 years ago about a 30-ish woman who is dissatisfied with her life and after a particularly bad day is introduced to an unusual therapist who treats clients by sending them back in to redo mistakes and regrets. Oh. Hmm. Have you ever heard of this? I have not. The show is far from perfect. The whole time watching it, I had a feeling that this lady's problems aren't all that bad, and I had a lot of theories about the therapist. But the show really wasn't really interested in that. But putting that aside, I'm recommending it because it is one of those shows that is light, has a good mix of comedy and drama, has characters that I liked, and most importantly, it was about learning and growing as a person. There are four 12-episode seasons, plus one Christmas episode, so not too much. They say Harold. Huh. Being Erica. I'm going to write that one down. Sounds interesting. Yeah, and I really like light stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. Good to hear from you. Okay, so the last feedback is from Matt A., who he... (laughs) The (laughs) subject is... End an epic email. Here's part one of two... Here's part one. Part two may come in a week or two. Okay, so he starts with what I've been reading. Your little descriptions of the books that you've been reading are books themselves. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to do it. Okay, so what I've been reading. Lovecraft Country. This novel by Matt Ruff is soon to be an HBO series. HBO series executive produced by Jordan Peele, who recently won Best Original Screenplay for his film Get Out, which I have shamefully yet to see. Ah, Matt. Yes, that is painful. Yes. What I know of Get Out is that it draws parallels between your typical movie horror tropes and the all-too-real horrors of racism. Lovecraft Country is much the same as it's set in the Jim Crow era and features black characters who are under threat of natural and the occult, but also white America. Ooh. Structurally, the novel reads like a season of television. Each section is a kind of short story or an episode told from perspectives of different characters, yet there is a connective mythology that runs throughout. 
the characters come together in the very last section for the big showdown, which feels like a series, a season finale. Although I did think things ended a bit too loose and anticlimactically. Some of the stories, uh, Letitia buys a house in a predominantly white neighborhood and finds herself under siege by her racist neighbors, but also a (laughs) (laughs) Letitia's sister Ruby drinks a potion that allows her to don the guise of a white woman and experience a life free from bigotry. Um, Hippolyta's white peers underestimate her intelligence, thwarting her proclivity for astronomy but she uncovers a machine that sends her to a dangerous planet on the other side of the galaxy. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I can't <laughs> wait for this show. <laughs> I can't wait for this series. <laughs> <laughs> I love how... That sounds... <laughs> What's that? That just does sound really good. It does. <laughs> I love how definitely the author, who, full disclosure, is a white dude. Uh, wow. Um, grounds each fantastical story with the unsettling realism of the 1950s. Another point. Several of the characters have a real love for science fiction, horror, and fantasy, but they have to square that love with the of their favorite authors like H.P. Lovecraft are deeply, deeply racist. I've listened to podcasts like Black Girl Nerds and read about BlurredCon, the convention of nerds, but inclusive for all nerds, including LGBTQ and disabled nerds. Oh. <laughs> what I've learned from the podcast and the articles is not shocking. White male nerds claim sci-fi fantasy horror is their dominion, and they keep anyone who doesn't reveal them at a distance, despite the irony that a lot of genre material is about otherness and inclusiveness. I so- have explored that in my thoughts so many times, that it is. It is such a white male thing but it's, it seems to always be about being inclusive it's like they don't ever get the That's, message yeah i never i never really thought of that i have for some reason That's, yeah word con should not have to exist yet here we are right right i didn't even know that was a thing <laughs> i like the name though Blurred gun. Blurred gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, something that has really s- stuck with me is an Arsenio Hall sketch from one of his more recent shows. Recent shows? What? Arsenio Hall has a recent show? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> is which a white woman shows Game of Thrones to a black audience and the whole gag was that Prestige fantasy TV is a white person's thing, and black folk just aren't in the groove. Race, gender, and sexuality ought not be a barrier for to entry for this type of fiction. I think Lovecraft Country works on a lot of levels, and I'm really optimistic about the HBO adaptation. By the way, I've spoken about Lovecraft Country on Hooplecast a few times. Learn about us at Hooplecast.com. Yeah, that was a shameless plug, but I earned it after that impressive book review and you earned yourself a cookie for reading the entire thing. Go you! (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm always optimistic if HBO does it. Always. Right? Yes. 
They can produce a show. They can, yes. For sure. I've I've probably enjoyed pretty much any series I've watched on HBO. Yeah, and Jordan Peele, that man's a genius. Yeah, he is. Yeah, get out. Jeez, Matt, watch it, and then send us feedback. Yeah, that is... It is it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, it's on Prime, isn't it? Or it was? Um, that's probably how I watched it, boxed it. I don't remember. It's been a while. Well, pretty sure I watched it on Prime. But yeah, so good. Um, the next one is Kindred. He says, after I finished Lovecraft Country, I wanted something similar, something supernatural fantasy, but told from the black perspective. Kindred is from lauded author Octavia and was first published in 1979. I read Butler's book, Dawn, a long time ago, and I didn't like it. Kindred is far more accessible because it doesn't involve space, but instead is very much like a precursor to Outlander. Dana, as described on the back of the book, is a modern-day black woman in California and is suddenly unexpectedly thrown into 1915 in Maryland. There she says... That was 1850. Oh, 1815-ish, Maryland. There she saves the life of the civilization's owner, Rufus Whalen, who she somehow figures out is her ancestor. She's yanked back and forth through time, always to save Rufus's life, which sucks for her because he's a bip and slave owner. But is... <laughs> bip and bip and. <laughs> <laughs> But is necessary because... If he doesn't live to father a certain child from which she's descended, Dana will be born. Maybe. It's time travel, so who really knows? At one point, her white husband grabs onto her as she's slipping out of her normal time and ends up in the past with her. There, they pretend to be master and slave, which you must figure puts a slight strain on their marriage. The real hook for me was to get herself shocked how easily she adapts to her circumstances and how the longer she stays at the plantation, the more it feels like home for her. She also has a mindset of finding empathy for the worst kinds of people and struggles within herself every time she forgives Rufus, who she annoyingly calls Rufy for the entire book, <laughs> for some awful thing he's done. Rufus's parents don't trust Dana because she's an educated black person, and obviously that makes her dangerous and uppity. The other slaves don't trust her either and call her a white N-word, which won't do that almost one word. <laughs> I don't think Sue would have said that word anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, a white N-word, which won't type or make you say because she spends most of her with masters. Alice is a slave who becomes the obsession of Rufus, and she suffers the indignity of his affections, which is polite code for... He browns her. I said, yeah, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> the field slaves treat Alice like a race traitor, much like they do Dana, when in fact everyone is just trying to survive and hoping their white owners won't sell off their children off debts and whatnot. It's ugly, it's awful, but wow, it's compelling fiction. And since you know the novel's building towards that child being born, which will hopefully free Dana from her time-traveling obligations, I read 
like a bit of a thriller. Can she survive? Will she make it home? I attended a meeting at work this week with eight other people. Three of us were white men, six were women, two of the women were white, two Latino, one Asian, one black. The whole time I was thinking, if Rufus was here, it would blow his bippin' mind. <laughs> to quote the cast of Hairspray, we've come so far, but we've got so far to go. <laughs> what is that picture? Yeah, is that from Hairspray? I don't know. And it's like a super creepy picture of, like, a doll, right? Matt, add that, or are we being... Because it doesn't go with anything. It doesn't go with anything unless something. I think he just added it because it's Matt. So scary. <laughs> it's really scary. <laughs> I'm glad that I know there's no explanation. It's just a picture of like a doll from like I describe it. It looks like it's in a black, like in a dark box. Right. It's trapped. Yeah, and no explanation. I, I'm glad that you see it too, though, Em. <laughs> oh, that's so scary to think that you only see it. <laughs> Creepy. You're like, what is that picture of that haunting doll? I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, good night. <laughs> Okay. No, those books sound excellent, Matt. I'm glad I read your feedback on them. Yeah. Okay, so on to what I've been watching. Um, Spartacus, finished. Will and I finished our podcast of the Star series, and it only took six years. I don't know if I would recommend this show because who is it even for? Who is the target demo? You know that Venn diagram about why Deadwood was canceled and it put the Deadwood audience in the center of an iambic pentameter and people who like Old West whorehouses? Well, Spartacus has the same issue. Elevated dialogue and thorny politics interspersed with magnificent amounts of gore and boobies, boobies, boobies. <laughs> so, if you're a 13 year old boy with a master's in Roman history, <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you're a 13 year old boy. <laughs> Masters in Roman history <laughs> and or English literature. We're going to love this. <laughs> oh man, find it find us at spartacast.com. 
Oh, 13 year old boy with a master's degree. Roman. Wow, you got us, Matt. That was funny. <laughs> okay. Um, Vikings. Stalled near the end of season one. Episodes remaining of the first season, which only has nine eps total, and I don't know if I'm going to make it, folks. <laughs> a handsomely <laughs> produced series, to be sure, but it's like not. The best thing about it is lead actor Travis Fimmel, who plays Ragnar Lothbrok. When I saw photos of Travis Fimmel from when he played Tarzan on the WB show Tarzan and compared him to now, I could not believe I was looking at the same person. He went from pretty boy Australian model to serious badass on Vikings. And unlike a lot of brooding males on TV, Ragnar Lothbrok is very charismatic. The total opposite of Gabriel Byrne, who is the head of Ragnar's tribe. I don't know the appropriate word. <laughs> Has there ever been an actor with less charisma than Gabriel Byrne? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I hear Jim Kazuka Beetle. Who's I that? forgotten about you. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Jim Caviezel, he, um, dang it, he was on a show. I know who, I know who, who he's talking about. I think he played Jesus in, was it The Passion of the Christ? But shoot, he was on the show that I saw, and I know exactly who he's talking about. Yeah, that's on a frequency, the same red line, the town of Montecito, and so I don't think he must not have a lot of charisma because I've seen half of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says, if someone tells me season one of Vikings is slow, but it becomes absolutely bug nuts, banana bread, crazy, insane. In its sophomore season, I would probably stick with it. <laughs> I don't know. The title Vikings, I just went, mm, nah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard good. I've heard bad. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Might be one of those I can just put on in the background, possibly. I haven't uh, heard much about it. And when I don't hear much about it, I figure it's not great. Right, right. Uh, okay. AP Bio. Finished season two. Here's a show that apparently nobody watches. Um, I've watched a few episodes, actually. I kind of forgot about it. It's I think it's got Pat Oswalt and a dude from The League, I think. Uh, he'll probably tell us. Um, here's a show that apparently nobody watches. I do, but mostly because it's set in my hometown, despite being filmed, I assume, in Los Angeles. There was an episode in the first season that was shot on location, which was it's any town USA. Um, am I supposed to be explaining the premise of these shows? The lead character, played by Glenn Howerton of It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah, that's right. The guy from It's Always Sunny. He is fired from his philosophy post at Harvard, and now he teaches AP Bio at a high school at his hometown, which is my hometown. And he hates it because he's terrible. The character is obnoxious. He is supposed to be, of course. Maybe eventually he'll be redeemed but after two seasons he's still awful the kids are great the other teachers are great pat and the principal is great paula pell who plays the school secretary administrative assistant 
deserves a Bippin Emmy for her work on the show. She is capital F fantastic. NBC canceled AP Bio after two seasons, but renewed it once their streaming service Peacock became a thing. Hopefully it does well there as it's right on the cusp of being a very good to great show. You'll notice I didn't say the name in my hometown because I expect you to know that information as I know everything about you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, Doesn't Matt move around a lot? I know there's been Phoenix and wasn't there like Ohio? Yeah, it was, it was Ohio. We know that. Um, Dayton? Does that sound right? Kind of, yeah. What's our hometown, Matt? <laughs> he probably knows. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, um, I'm guessing Dayton is Ohio. Ohio sounds right, and then what are, and then Phoenix, and now California, Bay Area, Bay Area. Yes, see, we know things. <laughs> Mrs. America paused after episode three. Not going to talk about this one because I've already posted my thoughts about the first three episodes on the Facebook. When the miniseries airs its last episode, I will watch the balance of the program. Also, I'm sure Emily also already covered in illuminating detail. Fun fact, Gloria Steinem is from my hometown. <laughs> Another hint. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't help me. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> it's a smaller town. Maybe it's not like Dayton. Maybe it's like some little hold-up town. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where Gloria Steinem is from, and I'm not even talking about Mrs. America because I paused after episode three also. I don't even know what it is. Oh, so I guess I must talk about it because he didn't. I'll talk about it for a second. It's uh, Kate Blanchett, and she plays... Uh, oh, like a conservative something? Yeah. Um... So it's it's basically about that time in America where, so she led the, what is it, uh, amendment, no, the Equal Rights Amendment, sorry. Oh, okay. So the Equal Amendment had to be ratified by 14, not that many, 23, 14, a certain amount by like 1979. I don't know any of my (laughs) texts. Maybe you shouldn't be talking about this. (laughs) Anyway, it was, the country was on board with having the right amount of states ratified and to put the Equal Rights Amendment into the Constitution. And Phyllis Shackley, the conservative, decides to make it her mission to not let this happen. And she comes up with a bunch of crap about it. You know, they're going to say, women to Vietnam now and all this anti-abortion stuff. And she didn't even care that much, but it, it was good for her politically. And so she did it. And she caught it and it was, you know, Mer- it was Gloria Steinem's tribe against her. And they just kept losing when they were really expecting to win. They, like, really had it in the bag. And she just came on just to make herself... Uh, so basically... Earlier this year, I read Susan Salby's 
book, Backlash, The Undeclared War Against Women, mm-hmm. where it's talking about, and this show is about the backlash. So the movement rose up, and, you know, that went on a couple decades, and then in the 80s, the backlash hit. And it's just talking about, you know, what happened and how women got totally villainized and just backlashed again. And it was, you know, it was a really good book. And it talks about about all of them. And there's the book also talks about um, what happened in ads backlashing against women, you know, in the 80s and Ronald Reagan. And it has a political chapter. And that one, talking about the conservative women and how freaking hypocritical they were and their husbands, the men involved in all of it were so hypocritical. It was so infuriating. Uh, I bet. It's just that, you know, women belong in the home, but all of these women have needs and they have offices in D.C. and they're never helping their children, but they fight tooth and nail that women belong in the home, but they are not home at all. Oh, <laughs> no. And the men are super against women, yet all of their wives have jobs. You know, it's just, it, the, the hypocrisy was maddening. Yeah. So it's kind of fun one that I had just read a book about a lot of it. And so it's kind of been fun. Gotcha. But I think I moved right after I watched the first three, and I got, uh, I didn't have internet. And when I moved out here, we didn't have internet for three. I went to the library, and I'm like, what can I download onto my iPad that I, like, don't mind watching over and over? Mm-hmm. And so I, got, I downloaded uh, Pride and Prejudice, you know, like the four-part one. Right. And I did. I watched that so many times. And when I moved again, we didn't have internet for just, it was only a week and a half. But I, I, I thought of that, and I'm like, do some sensibility again. <laughs> I'm prejudice again. And so it kind of has become my moving comfort. You know? <laughs> like in the house, I, all my, I'm so tired and all my brain power is gone. And so kind of prejudice I go to. But this time, I watched the miniseries once. And then I watched like three nights in a row. I watched the film one with Kira uh, Knightley. With Kira oh. Knightley. I don't think I've watched that one. So I had problem with it because I am at all. But I hate her in the miniseries. But I love Colin Firth. So I cannot stand the girl. She is just she just has this smug look on her like she's got like resting smug face. She kinda does. And I, I agree. And but you know, you love Colin Firth. But this one I love Sarah Knightley. I thought she made it. She made an excellent Elizabeth to me. And then this guy, I was like, ugh. Colin first can say with saying nothing, and this guy can say in like 10 paragraphs. But I kept watching it, and I started appreciating him, and I disagreed with very good. And Donald Sutherland is a dad, and he just does a great job with that. Oh, he's always good. Yeah. I watched that one like four times, four nights in a row. <laughs> but my moving comfort show. <laughs> awesome. Anyway, I got I fell out of this is America, but I think I will. I think when it's over, I'll just cram it all. Cause it's good. It's good show. 
Cool. Okay. Um, Matt has What We Do in the Shadows. Watching season two, based on a movie I haven't seen. This FX comedy series is about Staten Island-based vampires, and they're a human familiar who are followed by a documentary film crew. It's neat and silly. I like it when Matt Barry yells, bat, and then he turns into a bat. Trust me, it's good times. <laughs> oh, well, we have both seen the movie, and it we is have... excellent. And yes. That is your second need to see. Huge fans of the movie. I just just watched it again, actually, not too long ago. Um, I have watched the first couple episodes of the FX series, and it's good. It's it's very similar. I expect it to be good, and I have been meaning to watch it, but I forgot. Yeah. It's good, but after watching the first couple episodes that I watched, I was like, I don't want to be again. <laughs> <laughs> is that one of the in the movie in the show? No, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. It's it's all new characters. Um, that makes me sad because they're so funny. Oh man, they're so amazing. Um, okay, he's got devs finished. Here's another outstanding FX original miniseries. Nick Offerman, replete with prodigious facial hair and an upsetting hair doozy, plays a tech tycoon in the Bay Area. He owns a company called Amaya, named after In case anyone visiting his tech campus was like, wasn't this company named after some dead little girl? That person need only look up at the giant creepy statue and I'm peeking up over the tree line and that person would say, oh yeah, there she is. And that's not creepy at all. <laughs> that must be the picture. Oh. Ooh. Really? Yuck. It's gotta be, right? Why else would he that picture? I, I see that Facebook page him watching the show and I swear I see the statue of the little girl and it's actually kind of cute. Oh, okay. So it's not the creepy picture yet. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wish um, it was, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he says there's also a top secret division at his company called Devs, and they're doing something with a quantum computer that leads to a lot of navel gazing, determination, and multiverse theory. I can't reveal much more about the plot because the entire series hinges on mystery. The biggest of which is who can afford to live in Florida. <laughs> Another mystery is Sonoya Mizuno, Mizuno, who plays our protagonist, Lily Chan. A good actress or a bad actress? I lean towards the latter. Devs <laughs> <laughs> is basically a techno thriller. The cinematography and music is particular create within me an overwhelming sense of hypnotic dread. As I watched, I felt myself getting more and more tightly wound, which is a comfortable feeling, but it's that feeling that fans of suspense always chase. I can't say that I understood everything that was being said by the hyper-intellectual characters, but I like the mood of the piece. Lastly, I want to mention the always great Alison Pill bringing a totally different energy to death on 
Star Trek Picard. Huh. That's another one I've never heard of. So well, I saw him thinking, and I'm like, well, what's this about? A techno thriller doesn't thrill me. Yeah, but it sounds interesting, and Nick Offerman, I don't know, I might give it a shot. Yeah, Nick Offerman is enticing, that is true. Yeah, um, he's got Spaceship Earth, like a lot of preteens in the early 90s. I was obsessed with Biosphere 2. Let's just pretend that's true, and I wasn't weird. <laughs> and when we visited my uncle's family in Arizona, my parents take me to Oracle, where Biosphere 2 was constructed. At that time, the two-year mission that saw scientists attempting to live and work inside this self-sustaining enclosed habitat had publicly failed, and the building had been rescued by Columbia University. I don't remember exactly what I got to see, probably museum exhibits and a guided walk around the exterior, but I purchased a book from the gift shop that I read cover to cover multiple times. I was such a nerd for Biosphere 2 that I carried that book around with me everywhere. Like a lot of preteens in the early, let's say, why not? <laughs> I'm not a super sciencey person by nature, but there was something futuristic and wonderful about Biosphere 2, like was mere moments from slipping loose its earthly bonds. Next up, Mars, baby. <laughs> Spaceship Earth is a documentary available on Hulu about Biosphere 2. Its conception, its failure, and its legacy as a useful facility where lots of cool science shit still go gets done. Two things I never read Biosphere 2. At one time, its CEO was Nightmare Humans, Steve Bannon. Whoa. Also, it's organized within a hippie collective out of the Bay Area. A bunch of really smart, creative, socially and environmentally conscious young people went into the desert instead of doing drugs and starting Helter Skelter, they decided to do drugs and save the planet and humankind. Put that in your pipe, Charlie Manson, and smoke it, you goon. That sounds excellent. I would love to watch that documentary. Yeah, that does I sound have, good. And Matt, I know you liked Biosphere 2. That is something I knew about you, that you were obsessed with Biosphere 2 as a young teen. <laughs> <laughs> See, we know everything about you, Matt. <laughs> um, he's got The Good Fight, watching season four. For some premiere, Diane wakes up in an alternate reality in which Hillary won the 2016 election. Now, every time she tells a colleague that in her dream, Trump was president and asks, yeah, and how did that work out? In Hillaryverse, the rainforest is saved with polar bear population is rising. Merrick Garland and Elizabeth Warren are on the Supreme Court and cancer was cured. Although the conservatives yeah. <laughs> although the conservatives in the office believe he could have cured cancer but decided to wait until the twenty twenty election. <laughs> He's like I like to believe that in this reality Mitch McConnell was killed after falling into some sort of industrial shredding machine. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Reddick Bozeman Lockhart is close to bankruptcy because of the Hillary tax, and their only lifeline comes from soliciting the business of an esteemed Hollywood person, which Diane is mortified to learn is none other than Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you making all this up, Matt? Is it <laughs> <laughs> Matt had a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Because without Trump, 
There was no woman's march, no pussy hats, no hashtag me too movement. It's a pretty fun what if scenario, but I'm happy it was limited to the premiere and now we're back to the good fight does best. Fun lawyery stuff and taking it to Trump. It looks like it's going to be an entertaining season with guest stars galore. Michael J. Fox, John Larroquette, and Hugh Dancy, to name three. Also, still the best theme song on. Yes, I see you there, Outlander. <laughs> Outlanders was excellent. Except the, the last two years where they're Americanized have been a disappointment. I've only watched like maybe half of season one of Outlander. That's another one I keep meaning to go back to. Um, <laughs> his last one is Anne with two N's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm watching season one. <laughs> he says, I have no experience with Gables. In my mind, Anna Green Gables could be. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get through this sentence again. I know it. Um, <laughs> In my mind, Anna Green Gables could be like. <laughs> I haven't even read it, and I know it's gonna be <laughs> just because of the name. <laughs> okay, Anna Green Gables, Pippi Longstocking, and the Little House on the Prairie are the same thing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Aren't they all stories about young girls in prairie dresses who milk cows? <laughs> That's where the clarity's in. <laughs> That's a hard pass from me, but I'm loving Netflix and what a little spitfire. Spitfire. Roxy. Okay, she needs to learn some social cues and take her enthusiasm down 25 percent <laughs> because that would solve some of her problems but she's really outclassing all of the dullards she coexists with every adult on this program save save matthew and mildred is basically awful and most of the kids are too even her friend diana who is nice is so provincial is that i said it's marilla not mildred Put Mildred in quotes. Yeah. Maybe uh, he thinks of her as Mildred. Maybe, maybe he just know her name and calls her Mildred in quotes. Um, they judge Anne because she's an orphan. What a scandal. I'll get out of them if they don't leave my Anne alone. <laughs> if I could parent Anne, I'd say Anne... <laughs> You're better than the judgmental rubes of this jerkwater hick town. Anyone who messes with you, you just let me know, and I will straight up murder those fools. <laughs> yes, there's Mama Berry Ann. <laughs> <laughs> Although he says, he says Papa Bear. I think it's Mama Berry, even though you're a man. Yeah, he is Mama Bearing. And Matt, you must explain this weird picture that you sent us. And we should probably like 
post a picture on the Facebook page so that we'll... yeah, we will do that. So, okay, well, that's that's the feed. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Uh, can I go first so I can talk about Anne with an E for a minute? Who ends? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So Matt, I I posted a little mini of Anne with an E season three. Because I've posted a review about it every year. I've watched it. Right. And so, you know, I it's totally season two, my first watch. Okay, so basically season one, they do some things that kind of change it up a little. They, they take a departure. Now, okay, let's just start by saying I am a, and have been my whole life, of the, like, I've read all the books more than once. I've watched. The 1985 series, I am. Yep. So basically, I really liked what they did with season one. I liked how she was. So it's just this Anne that is the 25% up. I like how she kicked it up a notch a little bit. I thought it was funny. Um, but they did a few things. Like, she's got the uh, Katie that's like the window glass friend. She had it um, before she was adopted. And they made it um, actually kind of like maybe she had she uh, was damaged a little bit, and creating Katie was like a coping mechanism. Which, but this one they explore that a just a little bit more to where it's like she's going back to this coping mechanism that's not healthy. Gotcha. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, and they do you remember Aunt Josephine, Diana's aunt. She's just her rich aunt that never got married. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, Charlotte Brown, and she falls in love with Anne, but she's like, the, but she, you know, and gets her to love her. She, and it's just hinted in season one that she actually was a lesbian. And that's why. She, oh, uh, okay. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But they just kind of hinted at it. Um, they didn't explicitly say it. And so it kind of seemed. Oh, you know, that's kind of cool. I like that. That's a neat explanation. Um, but, but then they did some really weird things at the end, and I was like, oh, it's fine. But I don't know. I just thought there was room enough for this new kind of telling. And then the second season, they just took my Anne of Green Gable purism took over, and I'm like, okay, absolutely ridiculous. This would never happen. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Like, super lost me. That was ridiculous. Right. And then season three came out a while ago, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> and then I think I'll just watch it. And then I started the, I started the third season, and I was like, I think I better rewatch season two. And a funny thing happened. I just kind of, like, let it go. was like, you know what? This is a fun watch. I am enjoying myself. It's not it's not for the end purist, but it's it's just entertaining. It's fun. And then season three, I just thought Oh nice. I, it totally goes absolutely bonkers off the rails and like nothing in the book happens. <laughs> and I told him what this is. This is totally Tarantino does Anne with the knee. Does Anne Green Gables. Oh. Because you know how Tarantino is like, 
rewriting history and he's like yeah rewriting the Manson murders and trailer <laughs> oh come on <laughs> you've all yeah. seen right but yeah he, that's kind of what Tarantino started doing horror movies or so he's just kind of like you know rewriting Nazi Germany and just right. making it how he wants to and that is exactly what is happening with Anne with an E. They're taking like, hey, Chrissy Andrews wasn't married to schoolmaster and like becomes like a a woman that wants to run the family farm. What if Diana get married to the stupid dork with the farm in Avonlea and stay there the whole time? What if she actually does go to college, you know? Right. It totally does like what if. And it's so unbelievable, and the deal, the deal with Anna Green Gables is it was basically written, I think, I think Lucy Mon Montgomery, she probably, she wrote the thing when she was, like, Anne's age, because, like, she grew up on Prince Edward Island, she kind of, like, based it somewhat on her own life, but it's basically real time, so there's not a lot of liberties with what she could do, because it was, you know, basically 1905 or something, so okay. this is taking where she never would have. And it's just taking that liberty. And I I found it a lot of fun. Awesome. Give it a shot. And then I watched the originals. But I told Matt, I'm like, you would be the only person I've ever met that has watched Anne with an E first and then watched the 1985 version. I would love to hear what you think. <laughs> I've seen a lot of the 1985 because you were probably watching it all the time, so it was on. And seems like there was a time that like PBS would show it. Like they played it every year for their life. like that was yeah. what they'd play for week week or whatever when they'd get all their money. Yeah, yeah. So I think I caught some. I don't think I've sat down and like watched the entire series or whatever. Plus, there's a cartoon, right? I've never seen the cartoon. That maybe seen. Seems like I've seen the cartoon a few times for some reason. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that, might give it a shot. is like almost perfect. Like it's legit a perfect show, and they they just do it amazing. And I defy you to find anyone my age, a girl that didn't grow up on this, and that Gilbert and Anne weren't like in their top couple favorite couples. Right, right. And you know we oh, the Gilbert in this is such. I told Matt he's just the absolute. He's such a sweet baby angel. Oh, oh he's so sweet. Sweet. <laughs> And we we lost our our Jonathan Crombie like super young to a brain aneurysm. Oh. Well, the Gilbert in the 1985, he died like at 40. Oh wow. This Gilbert like from <laughs> fully formed from last breath when he died. <laughs> he's a little fully formed angel. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. That's fun. You the the I mean the purest, which I kind of was one, but I I don't. This is fun. I like it. I like this world. Right, right. I like I like Anne with me. It's good. Nice. All right. What else you watching? I'm enjoying Outlander. I've just finished up the last episode of the last season. 
It's not the last season. I'm sure it's coming back. Um, yep, I like Outlander. Outlander. Oh, I, I've enjoyed what I've watched so far. It just, it's just one of those I watched a few episodes and just haven't. Yeah, I think uh, I think I've talked about it on the show before. Um, I did. I watched the uh, episodes that uh, show the Matt LeBlanc show you talked about. That's one. Um. I just recommended it to you guys in our little conversation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched that. It was it, you were right. It was fun little light watching. Yeah, that was one I was going to talk about. Oh, okay. I'm watching. Everything's going to be okay. This um, it's on Hulu. I don't know who's making it actually. Yeah, I I'm not familiar with this. What is this one? So this is a Josh Thomas creation. Now he, this one, I lost one. I know I did. Um, with Matt, because Matt's the one that told me about it. It was a show, and that's also on Hulu, called Please Like Me. It's an Australian show. He's like an Australian comedian. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a show about, like, these young, um, basically, at the beginning of this show, his girlfriend dumps him because she tells him he's gay. And so starts oh what i'm gay what are you talking about and it's basically i loved this show it was funny it was just a great little 20 something friends um i don't mean the show friends i mean just 20 something friends roommates um people that support each other and live together and have you know live life but it's also, it's very, it's light and fun. It has some good drama also. But, um, I think Josh, now I'm thinking Josh Thomas kind of likes to do that. Right. And, of course, he's exploring this new world of, oh, I'm gay. Huh. You know. Right. Well, like his mom has, like, depression and stuff. And so many times, too, with that. But it's really good. I love it. But I'm talking about everything's going to be okay because it's, um, it's Josh Thomas again. Um and in this one, so his his dad divorced his mom. They lived in Australia, and his dad moved to the state, and he got remarried and had two more kids. And Josh, I, mean, I think his name's Nick. Nick is has always kind of felt abandoned by his dad, but he goes to visit him. And I mean, premise of the show and it happens in the first episode. But his dad, while he's visiting, tells him that he's right about to die of cancer. Oh. And He's basically, he's like maybe 30. He's the only person he would trust with his two teenage daughters. And one of the daughters has autism, but she's high functioning. But Josh is just kind of like this irresponsible, you know. And he kind of has, he's always kind of had a grudge against his dad did. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden he has to like be basically these kids' dad. He's their guardian. You know, everything's going to be okay. They're just kind of like trying to live life, I think. There's been about six episodes, but it stopped, and I'm not sure. It doesn't feel done, but I think it might have gotten paused because of COVID, like a lot of shows did. Right. I don't really know what's going on with it, but it's very, it's funny. It's it just has kind of the same feel. He's just, he's a great comedian. He's just really funny, and he just has this little way about him in both shows. He's really the same character in both shows. It's probably a lot like what he is. Okay, yeah. No, I, I gave the uh, Please Like Me a shot. A couple oh, years ago when we talked about it. Yep. 
I was so sad when I got to the last episode of that show. I really was. It was like one of those, oh, no, because I just <laughs> enjoyed so much. Nice. Anyway, I'm enjoying this, too. And it's called Everything. Um, everything's going to be okay, and it's on Hulu, and you guys should watch Please Like Me also, especially if you like Everything's Going to Be Okay. Yeah. And I don't know anything about it. Like I said, I don't know who's making it. I just know it's on Hulu, and I know it every week, like it was airing, uh-huh. and then it just stopped and so I think it was a COVID thing. Probably. I should look it up, see what's going on. Uh, I was going to talk about a few Oscar shows I liked. Um, when the Oscars came out, I was watching a bunch of the movies I totally loved. Um, but then I watched this animated feature that's called I Lost My Body. Oh. And it's on Netflix. It's like a, it's, it's French animated feature length. And it's about this hand, but like, you don't know what's going on, but it's a severed, like, escape the fridge it's in, and it has adventures in Paris. But it it has a freckle on the hand, and you see flashbacks of, like, a little boy, and you see his life, and then you see it, and then be like a 20-something, and you know this person belongs to this hand because of the freckle. Oh, gotcha. And you, the whole time, and it gets, how did he, why is this hand away? And it's like the hand is searching for its body. And you're watching the hand have little adventures trying to get somewhere, and you watch him um, with his two hands. And it has a very interesting ending. It's that really good. I got to watch that. It's weird. It's just weird enough and good enough and interesting enough that it's, I totally recommend when you're in the mood for something weird like that. <laughs> and at parts, there's not a lot of dialogue, but it's very beautiful. It's just, it's one of those really beautiful stories nice. that I really enjoyed. But yeah, you can find that on Netflix. Cool. My big COVID, well, this was actually a 2020 project, and it's turned into a COVID project because I've got a lot of extra time. I decided in January that I was going to watch this year the AFI 100 best movie. And I had seen 51 when I started, but I decided I'm going to watch them all. If I've seen it or not, I'm just I'm going to watch all 100. I'm not going to I've seen before. I'm going to watch them all. And oh, it's been really fun. I counted this morning how many I've seen now, and it's 95. Nice. And quite a few ones I haven't seen. It's been really fun. I'm actually following along. I'm doing it. I found a podcast with, that Paul Shear is doing, and um, his, her name is Amy Mickelson. I guess she was like a MTV um, movie reviewer, mm-hmm. and I just love her. I love both of I, you know, I love Paul Shear. I always have, but I love her too. They're, they just they both love movies enough, and they're funny and interesting enough that it's just been really fun watching these movies with them. And they're not watching it, like, starting with one. They're not doing it in any sort of order. What they did is they got, like, a 100-sided dot. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. it's totally random their order. I've had to go out of order at this point because I was – the ones that aren't streaming, I've been, I was getting at the library. I've had all of them so far. Mm-hmm. 
the library shut down, so I'm just going in order for the ones I can watch. Gotcha. And so when I catch the ones I skipped. What's their podcast called? It's called Unschooled. And they're about done. I think they're on, like, their 92nd movie right now. Oh, wow. But you know how it's just fun to listen to, like, movies? And they like almost, and they've pretty much liked all of them, and they find good things to talk about. But they just have a very interesting discussion. Um, and, I, and I'll uh, watch the movie, and then I listen to them. I listen to the one that I've already seen the movie of, and I've kept mm-hmm. the ones from the, the podcast that I haven't seen the movie yet because I didn't want to get spoiled too much. Right. You know, it's been a really, really fun project. I don't know. Just right now, I feel so... I'm having such a hard time starting new series and getting into them. My mind is weird. I think we're all... Right. And, like, plan, mapped out, has just, like, really appealed to me. <laughs> and I've also... I don't know. I decided early on, I'm like... I want to read more. I want to read during this thing because I suddenly have all this. And I didn't want to just read frivolous stuff. So I've read books I've always wanted to. I've like, I read Infinite Jest. I finished that. I saw that. And I read David Copperfield. And I just started Moby Dick. Wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I am. <laughs> it's weird. No, it's a like, good idea because why not? Because this, you know. This could be over in weeks or months, and then you're back to life as normal. So take advantage of it. I am. Read Moby fun. Dick, you know? Yeah. For that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a total thing about Charles Dickens. I, I had a traumatic experience in high school where I was supposed to read A Tale of Two Cities, and I didn't, and I had a test, and I had to read it in, like, two and a half days. Uh-huh. I did it, and it was, like, all I did for two and a half days, and I hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, like, a sophomore. I was, it was young, right. and I just resented the fact that I had to read this. I can't believe I even did it, but I did, and... Anyway, I never picked up Dickens again, except for a Christmas story, and I just thought that was, like, an anomaly. Like, Right, right. But, oh, my God, I enjoyed David Copperfield so much. Oh, good. I loved it. I loved it. I've read it. It's been a long time. I read out loud some passages to Rob. I have never done that in 18 years of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I never sat in bed and read him a couple sentences out of a book just because I thought it was so funny and so Oh, he's great. He's have you so have you read Great Expectations? No. I haven't um. I have read Two Cities and I've read a Christmas Carol. I can two cities. I'm gonna read it again now when I can have my time and <laughs> I love yeah. Tell Two Cities. That's no, I thoroughly enjoyed reading that book. And great favorite. Yeah, I need to see it. I mean, I need to read it. Yeah. But yeah, I really enjoying reading, so I've done a lot of that. I'm good. Oh, cool. What's, like, out of the AFI 100, like, what's your favorite so far that you've seen that you had not? 
I would say that would be 2001 Space Odyssey. Interesting. I, I don't know why I'd never seen it, because it totally is me. I mean, right. space, robots with feelings. I've just, I've never seen it. And, oh, I loved it so much. I loved it so much. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm glad you liked it. I was um, in the heat of the night. That was good. I didn't know much about that at all, but I enjoyed that. I did not like the last picture show at all. Um, I love Sunset Boulevard. I haven't seen that. Uh, Taxi Driver. That was good. I haven't seen that before. Uh, I hated the French Connection. The French Connection. Uh-huh. Who gives a standout? I've seen uh, 26 movies now. So I'm a little over a fourth of the way done. Well, awesome. That's a, that's a good little project to do. It's fun, awesome. and it'll be fun to be like, I've seen every single movie on the AFI 100. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah. My next one up is A Clockwork Orange, which I've seen. We saw that in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still think of him when he's like when the guy's feeding him and he's opening his mouth for the food <laughs> how much we giggled <laughs> anyway <laughs> oh we so much at that <laughs> so okay yeah. four or five times but watching it again <laughs> it's watchable really hard to watch actually. Yeah, there's many parts that are very hard to watch but all in <laughs> all very good so alright well I'll do mine so I'll do episode since you brought it up I never would have watched this show I am not have ever even seen a full episode of Friends I've just little bits here and there not my kind of show. Doesn't appeal to me. But I can't remember who recommended it. Someone recommended it. And I was like, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. Because I was in the mood and funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started episodes. It's on Netflix. It's got, it stars Matt LeBlanc, who plays himself. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's uh, the premise is this British couple has a really great hit TV show in the UK and an American network like hires them to do an American version of the show. And Matt hired to be the star of the show. And it just it turns out that the show ends up being nothing like what the UK version was Matt LeBlanc is so funny in it and I never thought I would like him I don't know why but he is so good at making fun of himself oh yeah he plays himself but you know he's not like that he is it's so funny and it's just I mean 
hats off to him for playing such a horrible person. He is so <laughs> horrible in it. Such a horrible person. And the British couple is so funny. The husband just some things just make me laugh so hard. And it's it's just got a funny cast. It's it's kind of raunchy. It's clever. It's funny. It's well done. I I, I think it's a really good show. <laughs> It's quick. It's, you know, the episodes are like 20 something minutes each. And there's what, four or five seasons? I mean, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's funny. If if you want something that's just kind of light and silly, episodes is, I recommend it. Yeah, it's fun. And it, it makes fun of America. You know, they, they do. They take this British show that was like so good and they let like the American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the British premise, it was supposed to be like a boys' boarding school, and the character was like a schoolmaster in his like late sixties or something. And when they Americanize it, it turns into like a a hockey coach or something in in a high school. Remember, he's some sort of coach, and yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's really it's good and has hey, it resemble it at all? <laughs> yeah, there's it's nothing like it. <laughs> and everyone hates it. It's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's kind of like, well, your show sucks, and that's why it's not our show. <laughs> but <laughs> but just, it just hate America. <laughs> yeah, and it just seems like that probably is more true to life than we think you know like the network exec horrible and i don't know it's it's good i recommend it um the next show i wanted to talk about that i saw on netflix is atypical have you seen this no it's uh it's yeah it's about a family they've got um the main character is like a like a teenager he has autism but he's he's functional he has a job at like a best buy place but he's on the spectrum um and he's got a sister um Jennifer Jason Lee plays his mom Michael Rapp's dad and it's just kind of the story of this teenage boy as someone with autism who goes to high school, has a job, meets a girl, it, it's really good. Like, yeah, it's good, and it's decided it's something I meant to watch. Yeah, it's really good. The guy that plays Sam, who has autism, is he's so great. He's so adorable, and his he's got this best friend who is hilarious who works at the Best Buy with him he's kind of his I don't know his wingman he, he's got his own issues he doesn't have autism but he's like really socially just one of those that says like really inappropriate things to women like he thinks he's a 
player, but he's not. He's just this nerdy kid, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the sister is great. She's so mean to her brother, but just adores him as well. You know, they just they just have like kind of a typical brother sister relationship. Um, Michael Rappaport's great as always. I like him. Jennifer Jason Lee would be like the only little issue I have because she's always kind of bugged me. Just something about her I don't like. She doesn't have much of an impression on me at all. But yeah, and but she's a really overprotective. But you also, she just adores him and just does her best to be the mother with autism who's growing up and wanting to kind of have some independence and that's really hard for her you know because she's been so used to uh, protecting him and I don't know it's good it's really good and there's two or three seasons it's good and that's on Netflix she's been meaning to yep I yeah I recommend it I watched High Fidelity on Hulu. Oh, the, the new one with it's a girl and it's TV series. Yeah, the TV series High Fidelity. It's uh, Zoe Kravitz. Ah. So she plays Rob. She goes by Rob. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think her name's Robin or something, but they go by Rob. Um, uh, it's 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 so similar to the John Cusack <laughs> character in the movie. <laughs> if you like the movie High Fidelity. I recommend the TV show. They do it. It's a really good kind of reimagining. Oh, I'm so glad it's good. Yeah, the her friends are great. This the girl in her in her record shop is just absolutely hilarious. Um, it's a good cast. It's it's really but a do the top. They they do top fives. They do hilarious top fives. Um, it's all about her kind of going back and reconnecting with the guys that her top five relationship wrong or what's wrong with her, you know, just very similar to the movie and really well done. And Zoe Kravitz is great. I love her. Yeah, she's, I, it's on Hulu. It's fairly new. It came out a few months ago, a couple months ago, maybe. I, I recommend it. Totally watching that. <coughs> yeah. Um, the last one I'll really talk about is which I can't remember where I is. This, it's either Hulu or Netflix. It's about the blind girl. Do you know this at all? It's about a woman who's blind who someone that she's friends with um, like ghosting and she's convinced that he's been killed like I think it's in Chicago Um, she's convinced her little friend got killed or something and she's blind no one believes her. She keeps bugging the police about it. It kind of turns into like a murder mystery. But she's got, she's like a mess. She's blind. She's an alcoholic. She 
can barely hold down a job. She works at like a dog kennel, like a doggy daycare thing that her parents own. Um, she's great, but just a hot mess, you know. And it's a good, it's kind of a good little murder mystery with this twist that like the the blind girl seems to be able to find more clues and know more than the cops do, you know. But you don't know what it's on? I can't remember if it's gotta be either Netflix or Hulu. Okay. So and I think a second season just dropped. I think it's Netflix. I'm almost I'm looking at on my little real real good app. It's on Netflix. Okay. Um, that's about all I have. A couple honorable mentions is, um, Dead to Me, but I, I imagine everyone's watching that. If you're not, you gotta watch it. It's amazing. Mm. It's, uh, you know, Alpagate and Linda Cardellini, is that her name? Yeah. From Freaks and Geeks. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Um, I've been watching The Rookie with Nathan Fillion on Hulu. Well, I don't know that one. He plays like a 40-something year old that gets divorced after being married for like 25 years and he moves to a cop. <laughs> so he's like a 40-something year old rookie cop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually pretty good and it's Nathan Fillion. So, you know. Um, yeah, that's about it. We'll call it good on, on this. Maybe, hopefully, we recommended a thing or two for people to watch. Yeah. And I'm talking about shows again. Yeah, it is. And it's starting to, like, I'm going to start carrying my little notebook and, like, writing down, oh, yeah, I did watch this. And because we should... What do you want to do? Try and do this like every other week or something? Yeah, let's do something like that. Okay. I think we should get maybe even find a show that we do like Bates. I was going to say, we should like have a purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still need to do Firefly. That's true. We do. Yeah. But yeah. Let's try and come up with a show or and try and yeah have a purpose like you said been watching but in the meantime we can do a few of what we've been watching for sure and readings and listenings podcasts whatever all the things cool all right well it's this is weird that you're two hours ahead oh i forgot it wasn't 1 30 for you no <laughs> i'm glad for you it's not me too because it's, it's late <laughs> enough for me so, no, it does work perfectly because I stay up later than you. So this is better than if I was in Utah. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll do feedback so you guys can send us stuff that you're in the pandemic we're all going through together. Send it to yesmotherpodcast at gmail.com. Send us what you're reading, what you're watching, podcasts that you're listening to. We'll 
talk about it all. Right? Well, until next time. Did we, how did we close this out? Did we have a close? Yes, show your own ass. <gasps> yes, that's right. So until next time, chill your own ass. <laughs> right. I'll I didn't forget to chill your own ass. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. This is weird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in so long. <laughs> I know. We, like, can't be all like, okay, let's get up on everything. I we know. Have to contain ourselves. I know. We have to really contain ourselves because, like, our family sucks when it comes to, like, keeping in touch like this during this COVID stuff. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What what have you been up to, M, these last two years? <laughs> so much. <laughs> okay, so February, we looked back at our Skype, and February is the last time we recorded. And I would say that was right around where we were told that Rob got accepted into school in North Carolina. And that's probably a big part of why we haven't, because after that, I was like full steam ahead. My life, like, changed. Right. And that's the podcast so, uh, that we recorded that's never been dropped, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we ha okay, so we do have one. It's somewhere, and I can probably release it someday. But we did not want to make some podcast we recorded two years ago that's totally, like, fairly obsolete be the first thing for us coming back. So we thought we'd record a fresh one. And then perhaps after I get my feet wet and doing all of this again, I can find that old podcast and release it. I'll it's, listen to it first. But it's with Matt A. And that's, I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it was. But since then, I've completely lost that computer and the hard drive that was the external hard drive that was attached to it punked out. And so I'm on a totally new computer. I have nothing on my old stuff. Nothing. <laughs> and <laughs> so that's that. I'm across the country in Charlotte, North Carolina. My husband's now like on his last six months of nursing ethicist school. I work now. My life totally changed. <laughs> but it changed a lot. And it, it kind of, I don't know, my reaction to it was I had to let podcasting go, but not really, like, mentally. It was more, like, subconsciously. You know what I mean? Right. It's just been a totally, I don't know. It's been good. I'm super happy, and I love it, but. It took me a long time to get to a point where I felt like I could let podcasting back into my life, let that kind of whatever it is. Well, moving your family across, like literally across the country 
from Utah to North Carolina is a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I'm I had to start working again, and I don't know, it's just it's different. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. So <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I love it here. I'm happy here, and I'm excited for Rob to be done. What about you? Uh, let's see, me. Not a lot has changed. <laughs> Your sister's almost away. <laughs> my, my two younger sisters abandoned me. Um, we'll talk about Cat in a minute here. Um, but me, um, biggest things are I've gotten two promotions at work since we last recorded. Yeah. One one was a good promotion and then the most recent one was a really, really good promotion. Um so I'm kind of a big deal now at my work. <laughs> <laughs> and we still get the sweet, sweet Marriott hotel deals. Well, yeah, you guys still get those deals. Um that's the important part. <laughs> yes, I am keeping my job so my family can get the good hotel deals. Well, now you have the promotion. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I am working from home right now since about the, I don't know, third week or so of March. Like most people, it was like, go home. <laughs> But no, I'm looking forward to going back in the office. Um, we might start doing that in the next few weeks, maybe. Um, Utah's done pretty good. Corona-wise, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, and we're doing soft opens. Like, our restaurants have opened up last week. And, like, most businesses started opening last week. Like, we've got beauty shops opened gyms you know and they've been open for about a week and our our cases are staying steady where we we do about a two percent a day raise in cases which isn't too bad you know mm -hmm. so other than that um cam and i in Jan january 1st we started a little home renovation which we've been wanting to do since we moved into our house about three and a half years ago. We tore down that wall that was separating our kitchen and living room. We painted, put in new flooring, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and the timing couldn't have been better because like, <laughs> I had no idea I was going to be stuck at home because it took us all, because we did it ourselves. So it took us pretty much all January and most of February. And then, like, corona hit hard, and it's like, oh, if I was going to be stuck at home the way our house used to be, I'd be so depressed. <laughs> but now it's, like, beautiful. We got that st stupid brown paint out of there, and I did light colors, and we got that wall down, so we've got beautiful light coming in. So the house is, it's, it's a house that I'm okay being stuck at. 
That's cool. Yeah. We forgot. We like moved during the crisis. That's right. Just like the next week. So it was a very close move. But I am so happy. And it's made me busier than most people. Mm-hmm. So I had to like pack up an entire house and move it and then unpack an entire house. Right. And I love this house. This house is a little bit bigger, but it is just so much better. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's good. Yeah. Now the whole, I mean, I, I work in the travel industry, so we've been busier than ever. So I, I can't complain that way, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not one of those that's at home just trying to drum up things to do. Um, Cam's been working, so we're, we're very fortunate that way. But the most it's done is just made me work from home and then made me terrified to go to the grocery store anytime <laughs> to go. It's like, okay, I'm going to go risk my life or go to the store. That's my world in a minute. Oh, our cat Pedro died last year, so that was sad. But we're, we're, we're okay. <laughs> Pedro Memorial Podcast. What's that? Uh, Pedro Memorial Podcast. Yes, this is the Pedro Memorial Podcast. Yes. <laughs> she died like a little yeah. over a year ago, but <laughs> yeah. Bunny's doing awesome. I think he likes having me home all day. So. Rob and I were laughing the other day because we were getting so annoyed at Simone. <laughs> we were like, it's really funny that the person in the house I'm sick of is the dog. <laughs> I... <laughs> like, all of us are getting along fine. We haven't been bickering. It's just been great, but we're all Simone. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, so... Back when I, we I was working in the office, we always kept Bunny kind of shut up. And we've got a basement with a door, so we kind of always left him down in the basement while we were at work so that he didn't terrorize the cats all day while we were gone. And uh, so I put my office down here, and so I keep the door closed. So it's me and Bunny in the basement with the door closed. And, yeah, he kind of he licks himself a lot. <laughs> I'll be working and just hearing him lick himself. And I'm like, stop licking yourself. (laughs) Simone, she has, so we have all hardwood floors. And she's got these great name claws that just (laughs) all day. And all she does is walk food. She's like the most food-oriented dog. So it's just like every time you move or something, it's like, are you going to get some food? <laughs> clack, 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 clack. <laughs> but he's like that too. <laughs> oh, I know another thing that happened. We had an earthquake. Right. March 18th of this year, Utah had a 5.7 earthquake. Yeah, that was crazy. Oh, dude. And Sue was like, <laughs> Pretty close to the epicenter, so she got it bad. 
Yeah, I'm like three three miles from the town that they call the epicenter. So I might as well be the epicenter. And yeah, it happened March 18th. So just that week where it's like the coronavirus crisis was like... <laughs> I think one of the scariest weeks we've had because it's like, okay, you know, 5,000 people in New York died yesterday. You know, you know, it's like, what is happening? A little apocalypse. It, yeah, just, a, you know, there was that two or three weeks, like in, you know, yeah. in March and early April that just, I think we're like the most nerve wracking through this whole thing. And that's when our earthquake happened. And it happened at 7.09 in the morning. I had just gotten out of the shower. I mean, mm -hmm. like two minutes before, if not less, I had gotten out of the shower. And just, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm looking at my cats because they always stand in the bathroom doorway when I'm brushing my teeth because they know feeding them comes next. And I'm like looking at them and brushing my teeth. And all of a sudden, I just hear this huge crash sound. And where our house is, we've got a street in front of our house. It's There's not another house across from us. It's a street that's kind of on a hill. And I I thought like a truck had come down that hill and lost its brakes and crashed into our house. Because it just, this huge noise and the house moved, and then the house just kept moving, and the noise was insane. And it, it took me a couple seconds. I thought a truck had hit our house, and then it just kept moving, and I was like, oh, I think this is an earthquake. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I start hanging on to, like, the bathroom door jam. I've got a rope on a towel on my head, you know. <laughs> Cam's in bed, and he comes running out of the bedroom and just stands there, and I look at him, and I'm like, the whole house is just moving back and forth, and I'm like, is this an earthquake? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yes, and I'm like, okay. so crazy and it lasted about 30 seconds which is kind of long <laughs> oh long, long. So, a... so long <laughs> oh, man. oh it was insane yeah and then we have had so it's been about two months it's been two months and two days and since then we've had over 2,000 aftershocks <laughs> And about oh, 10 or 15 of them have been like 4.2 aftershocks. I mean, so still a little mini earthquake on there, and they just come out of nowhere. <laughs> wow. Everything's fine, and then all of a sudden just you you hear that noise again. That's Earthquakes are so loud. <laughs> it's the no, noise I that's so crazy. <laughs> Really remember was just in California, 
just on a trip, and I remember it was just a mini one, but I remember it sounded like I was in a hotel, and it sounded like someone dropped a thousand marbles on the ceiling. Yeah, they're they're so loud, and yeah, I I had some serious PTSD for a couple weeks afterwards, like. Even a loud truck driving by our house, I thought was an aftershock or like the the next garbage day was awful because just garbage <laughs> trucks are really loud. <laughs> like I'm really sensitive now to like the noises outside my house. Poor <laughs> PTSD, Sue. I know. It's just, I'm okay now because it's been a while, but I don't know. But I'm so close to the epicenter that sometimes I know I can even feel like the little aftershocks of like a two point somethings because just I just feel like this little I don't know how to explain it just like this little rumble in my house just da -da -da -da, you know <laughs> it's like <"Nur." laughs> is it gonna get bigger <laughs> <laughs> that last couple oh that couple weeks after just. We'd be eating dinner and just our table, it, one round and just everything just starts shaking and oh, yeah. So I've 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 been through an earthquake now. Woohoo! Well, well we tell you, you were, not a fan. <laughs> no, we were always told in Utah that there was going to be a huge one, and we've always been like just waiting for. It. I guess. Yep. That was. How Oh, yeah. Ever since we moved to Utah, we were always warned, you know, there's going to be a big earthquake. There's going to be a big one. And this was a 5.7, so it was significant, but it it wasn't huge, you know. I mean, it did some damage. Some buildings got damaged, um, but it wasn't like some of the ones that, like the one in 93 or 94 in California or the 89 one in San Francisco. Yeah, I mean... Those were like seven point somethings or something, you know, but still 5.7 is pretty big and it was loud and it was scary and I, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I'm so glad I wasn't in the shower though. I can just say that like, yeah. oh, that would have, I know. <laughs> so now I'm nervous every time I take a shower. I'm like, don't let an earthquake come in because <laughs> this would be the worst place to be. Yeah. So, anywho, so that's yeah. Our adventures, not all of them, but well, we did a we did a road trip together last summer. Oh yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So, so yeah, so Emily moved to North Carolina, and that was August of twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Okay, and so. Last year, she wanted to come and bring the girls to Utah for like a month so they could visit friends and family. And Rob was going to be in a pretty intense like summer semester thing, right? Yeah, and I kind of promised God, I'm like, when we moved, I'm like, we'll come back and visit Grandpa in the summer for like a month. Yeah. And go to camp with her friends. We just, right. One well, of those things we moved. It was like a promise I made. <laughs> Right. So, so last June, June of 19, me and Catherine and B Bronwyn 
we all flew out to North Carolina and hung out at M's for a few days, and we went to Charleston for an overnight trip, and then came back to Emily's house in Charlotte, and then we rented a big old van, and we all drove across the country back to Utah. <laughs> it was fun. It was so much fun. We we did Charleston to Nashville, spent the night in Nashville, and, and met up with Mike Patton and his wife and child. And that was fun. If you keep on the Facebook page, you will note that we stayed in a hotel that had a giant shower head. Yes, in the, yes. Pool. <laughs> the pool had a giant shower head. <laughs> and then we stayed in Kansas City. Was that the next one? Yeah. Yep. And then we stayed in Denver at Rob's brother's house and then Denver yeah. to Utah. So we had some fun some fun adventures. In Nashville we went to Jack White's studio, Third Man Records. And that was pretty amazing. Yep, that's a that's a destination. You got a hit. Yep. That was yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um but when we were in Charleston, our sister Catherine just or Cat as you know her, she totally fell in love with Charleston. And about five or six months after we got home from trip, Catherine moved to Charleston. <laughs> I just don't know. Because I'm like, okay, you guys have to go to Charleston when you're out here. It is like the coolest city. Because I take my girls on day trips to Charleston since we moved out here because we just love it. It's such a great city. It's so cute. So I, have, mm -hmm. I have to take my sisters, and I had no idea one of them would love it so much she'd move. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Cat just loved it, and. She's been unhappy. She's been tired of Utah for a while. And the house she was renting, the people sold. And they wanted her to pay, like, twice the rent she was paying. And she's like, I either find another place in Utah to rent or I go to Charleston. And she's like, I'm going to Charleston. <laughs> and it worked out great. She's so happy. And, like, her job let is letting her work there remotely so she didn't have to find a new job or anything so it's worked out really well for her yeah and she's like become an independent accountant for them and so she can even pick up other jobs and... yep oh so yay so yeah both my sisters abandoned me i'm the only one left in utah Indeed. we're living sisters in the carolinas yeah my sisters moved i've got carolina sisters now <laughs> Who in the world would have predicted this like three years ago? Oh, never. <laughs> I, I have never ever even wanted to really visit the South. I mean, I've always been interested in Charleston and Savannah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm still very afraid of the Deep South. But, I don't know. North Carolina is like half South, half East Coast. Right. Right. And I love, I love the humidity. I 
love all the rain. I love the trees. I love it. I have fallen in love with the South, I guess. Oh, Some yeah. aspects. It's, it's great. I enjoyed it visiting. Uh, I saw fireflies. I'd never seen a firefly before. Keep looking for them. They are going to come out anytime now this year. Uh, jealous. So, stupid coronavirus. I can't just hop on a plane and come visit. Whatever. 